Hey everyone and welcome to episode 33 of the Audience Please podcast with me, your host, Adam. If you've not checked out last week's episode with the hyena kill, please do go take a listen and let me know what you think. Uh, spoke to Josh and Stephen about their new record, A Disconnect. On this episode, I welcomed Katie and Josh of Heavy As Fuck three-piece Pupil Slicer to talk about their new album Mirrors, which was just released on Friday. And it's been amazing to see the reaction to the record already from all corners of the rock and metal world. So I hope um, all three of them are celebrating this weekend. Um, Yeah, they're definitely one of the most exciting, newer and naturally talented bands in the UK right now. There's some insanely interesting math rock come grindcore noise that they're producing. Um, This will easily be in my top albums of the year come December, bar uh, everybody else producing some 10 out of 10s in the next few months. Um, And we talk a bit around um, creating that record and who was involved, um, including getting signed to Prosthetic Records. And a shout out to Becky for helping arrange this interview. Thank you very much to her. Um, And as ever, we talk about their top gigs played and been to in Flipside of the Barrier. And again, I become insanely jealous of one of my guests um, with some of the shows that we talked about. So enjoy the episode and I'll catch you next week with another exciting two-piece band who've been making some waves on the DIY scene. Have a good week, everyone, and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Kate and Josh, how are you doing? How are you doing on this uh, fine Sunday? I, I want to say spring. It was uh, it was kind of sunny today, but um, how are you? How are you both doing this this evening? Yeah, doing not too bad, not too bad. We got I think when we're recording this, it's uh, five days until our album's out, so yeah, a lot of uh, excitement around that. But sort of like. When we first announced it, it was like, oh, there was all this hype and it's sort of like all just turned into a constant noise now. It's like at the time it was like, oh, my God, it's just too much at once now. And I'm I'm sort of switched off from everything. But yeah, I'm I'm still I'm super excited. More people to hear it and fans to get their hands on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely get exciting times. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into the excitement around the album coming out and yeah I've heard it obviously a few times now I've had it a couple of weeks and it's incredible and I think I'm just as buzzed as probably you are for everyone to hear it like yeah yeah but we'll get into that in a second but before we dive into that um have you guys been coping um during uh, lockdown is there anything that's been keeping you going um any music that you've been really enjoying at the moment um We've been playing a lot of video games and talking about it together. Um, <laughs> sounds like such a boring answer, but what no, else no. is there really? What else is there really to do? Um, Music-wise, um, been really enjoying the new Genghis Tron two singles. I'm quite hyped for that. Uh, yeah. What else have we been listening to, Kate? I can't even. Think. What's 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 come out 
recently. I've been listening to lots of stuff from like last year, like the One Five Six Silence album was set, and uh, there's Code Orange, nice. uh, Lowe's. Um, I feel like I'm messing some up probably. Yeah. But yeah, what's what's come out recently? Oh, the new Noll, the new Noll um, Grind album. That's pretty sick. That just dropped, and it's like full of hell. Nice on steroids. Not ste- it just it's full of hell, but <laughs> sounds more evil. And it was also mixed with uh, oh. with Kurt, which is where full of hell do all their stuff as well. So it's got that like pedigree on it. That's that's a pretty great oh, great nice. album. Yeah, I've, I haven't heard that, but uh, Evil Full of Hell, I mean, that sounds pretty crazy. Like, um, yeah, Genghis Tron, yeah, I've been really digging that. And I know just before we jumped on, we were talking about The Armed as well. Um, oh, yeah, those new singles. Yeah. I love, love the videos as well. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, it's video so goals. I'd love to, like, have a crazy production budget and just do these, like, really cool stylistic videos, especially the last one. Yeah, it's too late to anonymize ourselves. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's out there. I mean, I mean, you can. Uh, I mean, let's. If you become like uh, arena-sized bands, you could. I don't know. Do something. I don't know. Like bands. <laughs> Say everyone in the band got killed, and then there's new members. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, ghosts do it all the time. It's uh, Papa, yeah. Papa One, Papa Two, whatever. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's really good to hear. I'll check. I'll definitely check out that uh, that other album. That sounds uh, amazing. But yeah, Genghis Tron and The Armed, of course, favourites of mine. So um, yeah, so like we were saying, we're recording this um, just before the album comes out on Friday. Um, but how's the, the buzz been around it so far? And what's been the feedback from people? I know you've had like, you've had shout outs from like Dampy Carter and stuff already, which is amazing. So how's, how's that been for you, for you two? For me, it's like it, like the Dan P. Carter thing sort of made my year a bit because we were on like BBC Radio with Wounds and I like remember when me and Kate wrote that song in my shed <laughs> <laughs> to think like it's gone to the point where we recorded it with like someone we really like in um like we did the drums with um Mike Mallion from Monuments we did the um we did obviously the production stuff with Pedram from Frontier so it was quite weird to think wow all these steps has got us to like national radio where i sort of listened along with my parents um sort of thing and it's put a massive sort of smile on their face so it's like it's quite cool to think you know it sort of had that progression to a point where it's sort of almost got some mutual ground with them because obviously they listen to like bbc radio and stuff so yeah yeah, that was one thing that was like really cool about it yeah definitely what what about you kate yeah, on the whole, the response has been fantastic. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's weird. Like we've been playing these songs live for three years, and people have always been really receptive live. But like online, there wasn't really any reflection of what we were doing because we didn't have anything that recent out. And in the meantime, like some of these songs are older than the ones that on like the last two splits. It's just those splits were leftover songs, and it was like. Do we record these now, despite being in the middle of writing an album, just to have them out there? We'll never do them. And we were like, well, these are quite easy, really easy to play. We can just go in the studio for a day and track this for a split or something, which is what we ended up doing. But it was weird, like, putting out that stuff 
and it not reflecting what we were doing. And then people would see us live and be like, that, I didn't expect that at all. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and we'd be like, yeah, cool. It's, a, it's super sick that like now hopefully when people see us live, more people will be attracted because they'll know what we're sounding like. And um, just in general, the response has been fantastic. People seem to get what we're trying to do. We're getting like comparisons to Botch and Dillinger and Converge and Pig Destroyer. And it's like, these are all the bands I love and wanted to capture the energy <laughs> of. And it just seems to be like unanimously positive, except for lamb goat comments. But they, there isn't such thing as a positive lamb goat comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I mean... Like I said, having listened to the album quite a lot uh, the last couple of weeks, you can definitely hear where what bands you love and where you draw your influences from. Like um, one of the notes I wrote, and actually did a, an A B of them today, was um, which song is it? Lapel David. There's a bit in it that really sounds like Hollywood Squares off um, the Dillinger Mike Patton EP, um, where they've got the singing bit. Um, I say the singing bit when it comes to Mike Patton, it's just all over the place. But um, you could you could definitely hear where where you draw your influences from. But um, yeah, going back to you having these some of the songs in your pocket for a couple of years, and I know you recorded it quite a while ago. How is how have those songs developed over time? Because obviously you you started out as something a little bit different until uh, you brought your bassist on board. How how has your sound developed? I think the the songs themselves didn't really change. Like once we'd learned them for live, that was after we'd finalised what those songs would be. But in terms of the sound, there's definitely been a huge change in that when we started out, it was me and uh, another guy who was our original vocalist writing grindy stuff as a joke. So we thought the band name Pupil Slicer was funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, uh, we needed Josh on drums and then that guy left and then me and Josh were left with this project that was getting gigs and we we're like well we can do anything we want with this and we're getting gigs so we love Mathcore, we love like Death Ever, we love uh, all these bands that don't really pigeonhole themselves like because Dillinger are doing like their pop songs their post-rock stuff and so is Conversion I think that's the sort of approach we wanted to take with like just write whatever we want and uh sort of have a good time whereas when we started we were very much like we need to sound like carcass and nails only yeah. <laughs> um and now like we love those bands but there's lots of other bands and yeah we're just writing whatever makes the best songs i think we're more aiming to be a live band than a studio band in the like a lot of the parts of the songs are written more for sort of uh partying too yeah, yeah. i say but um I, I still, I'm still really happy with how the album's come out, and uh, yeah, there's been an evolution. I think this is definitely a statement of like, this is what we want to be going forward. Because everything before this has sort of been leftovers from that first sort of period of writing. Uh, yeah, they were quite old songs when they were released. I mean, I say that like the album's old songs. That the album was finished writing in like 2018 October. So. Oh wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, we're a bit of ahead of the curve, but I think that's just a given with most bands. Yeah, definitely. What, what about you, Josh? How have you felt about the evolution? And I suppose uh, another comparison I've uh, 
I've got in my notes is like Rolo Tomasi and how they've evolved over time. Um, is that something that, uh, like looking forward as well? I know the album's not even out yet, technically, but um, is that something you'd look to do in future, like expand your sound more um, and go like Rolo Tomasi have where they've got their really big atmospheric post-rock stuff, but then still got their mathcore stuff? Yeah, definitely. I, I think about bands I really like and, like Rolo's a really cool one because their first albums were like really sort of synthy math rock math metal kind of stuff. But then there's also bands like the Black Dahlia who sort of sound really consistent over sort of every album they do. And it's like you can sort of either go either way. But I think personally, I'd rather see us go down a sort of route where we're sort of experimenting beyond albums because. I think like musical chase, taste changes as much as, um, you know, we're sort of probably getting to the age now where we're sort of locked into what we really like. It's still your, your tastes do change and you listen to new things and there's also new bands you get influenced by. So, yeah, I think we said we sort of got a rough plan for album two. We might, um, I think maybe Kate might be better at describing it, but I think you sort of said you want the mafia bits, mafia the sort of more harmonic bits more i don't know what is <laughs> uh, yeah we'll go we'll go uh just just turn everything up to 11 like that's, uh, yeah that's exactly bits, what i was about to say <laughs> the chaotic bits have got to be like even more insane the like funky catchy bits have got to be more catchy there's got to be more clean choruses that get stuck in your head uh just uh everything more more everything in just as much time and hopefully by like album 9 10 we can go down the architects and bring me the horizon route and be like total arena rock i mean that'd be sick do some number one albums and work (laughs) with grimes and all that sort of thing but i actually think that's amazing where them bands have come from if you listen to their first like eps and their um you know their first sort of albums and where they are now it's absolutely unbelievable but i don't know if people sites is too much of a controversial (laughs) name for us to ever get near the charts but i don't know that that first (laughs) bring me horizon ep is like it sounds like see you space cowboy and then their new albums just linkin park which is sick i think their new album is like one of the albums of the year last year but it's just like it's such a drastic shift but i mean who knows where we'll be in 20 years of writing. So. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, all, yeah, all for it. And like, again, like talking about bands like... The Armed like, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, you literally just took the words out of my <laughs> mouth. Like The Armed have gone from really dirty, hardcore, a bit mathy as well, to essentially writing pop songs. And yeah, yeah. before I knew The Armed, uh, I, my first exposure to The Armed was I was chatting with Ped um, from Frontier and Sectioned, and he said that Sectioned... Uh, the Armed were his favourite band and sectioned was him trying to write songs that The Armed would write because they don't write songs like that anymore. And uh, I was like, I, ha- I heard Section, I was like, this sounds nothing like The Armed because I'd only heard the newer Armed stuff. And then I went back and listened to the old stuff. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. They just like did a complete 180. Um, but there's still like traces of that in, in the new music, which is cool. And I think as a band, you'll always have that like, You'll, you'll be able to hear that it's the same band no matter how far you go and I think that's that's really cool and I think that's something we want to keep going for it's like there'll be like signature things to how we do things that will probably 
mean you can tell everything's from the same band and that was a big part in writing this album is despite having all this range and like we've got like a post black metal song on there we've got uh like 40 second chaotic math grind things we've got like two minute d beat song but they all sound like my aim was to make them all sound like they were from the same band at the end of the day whilst yeah not limiting our horizons with where we were going yeah, I definitely think that you'll, um, I know I was reading in a couple of other interviews you, you've done and it's about sort of at the moment finding your footing and finding almost, your th- like you say, almost like your signature or your uh, stamp that you put on things. But again, you look at bands like Dillinger, Dillinger are a massive example of you can just go, you still stay extreme, but write really, really hooky songs and write pop songs and yeah. I can't wait to hear what you do in the future. Like, it's, I mean, I'm already excited about this album, but I'm already excited by the second album that you, you're going to write, uh, even though it's not written yet. Um, so talking about uh, Ped uh, for Frontier, actually, um, a lovely, lovely human, and obviously Frontier and Sectioned are both insane bands. So how did that uh, come around, working with him? <laughs> That's... Uh... That's quite a funny one. That's so. I was really into Frontier right when Orange Mathematics dropped, and they were playing their first London show. Uh, so I got uh, Josh to listen to them. We were both really into them, so we went there and uh, went to that show together and uh, had a chat with all of them afterwards. I was like, because I just had to chat to Ped about his pedalboard and what he was doing with that and all that. <laughs> I mean, I bought my first whammy because of Frontier. Um, and I was, uh, yeah, we we were just sort of like, we're chatting loads with Ped and we were sort of discussing maybe having him produce on like our first EP back then. Uh, and we were like, these songs are not up to what we'd like get properly mixed and stuff. So um, we were just sort of chatting on and off like over the last, you know, four years uh, while the project's been in development. Uh, we managed to... I'll I'll save that I'll save the next bit of the story for like the thing about gigs we've played because there's a story about the gig we played with Frontier as well. Um, but yeah, it, it was just like literally just going to see him live and then chatting with him after the show and being friends since then. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and he's yeah, so lucky to work with him because he's well, we all know he's super talented and yeah, just such a when I met him at the last time they played London at Boston Music Rooms. Um, hey, that was a great show. Yeah, really, really good show. Uh, hopefully I'll have him on the podcast at some point actually as well when they when they drop the new album. But um, yeah, lovely human. So yeah, really when his name popped up that you, you were working with him, it's one of those things, it's like you know uh, if Ped likes a band, it's going to be good. Because <laughs> that man, they, like you say, again, I mean, we could talk about the armed all night, as we were saying earlier. Like, when I was chatting to him and he was like, oh, I like the armed. I was like, I really <laughs> like you. Like, you're, you're a very good human. Um, so before we go on to the, the, the last bit of the podcast, I just wanted to talk about the, the new video for Interlocutor. Um and yeah just talk to me a bit about that i think it's a it's quite a short song but the video is very powerful i just want to know what the story behind that was and who you worked with um josh maybe talk about this yeah um so that sort of came about um 
I have a friend who's um, sort of in. He's a film director. Does sort of short film stuff. That's what he. That's what he's really sort of into. And um, we were thinking we wanted to do two videos for this album at least. And um, I sort of went to meet um, my mate Joe. So I'm quite good friends with him for a pint. And um, we sort of talked a little bit about maybe doing either the wounds or the interlocutor video. And um, I think it came about because we, I originally just sent him the songs and he obviously didn't really follow the lyrics and all what was going on. But then I sent him the lyrics for the songs and he immediately sort of clicked with the lyrics and got them. He's not really a metalhead, but he got them from like a thematic standpoint. And then yeah. I got a, him on him in with a chat with Katie. They sort of talked about the themes of the video and sort of how we could tie it into the song. So it was sort of a long process because we sort of did it all in the, not sort of just sort of filming with like, you know, the classic sort of music video, like our um, first one, for example, which is a bit more sort of the classic band one. It was more a short film um, that was sort of had a mm. script and there was going to be this shot in this place, this shot in this place and following the process. So I think we, we basically wanted to do something a little bit different um, and sort of in a way that would sort of tie in closely to the lyrics um, because obviously Mirrors is like quite a sonically overwhelming album but I think um, which hopefully people will pick up a little bit more when it's out is that the lyrics are sort of quite personal to Kate and um, there are stuff we kind of want to talk about and we thought why not do a video that sort of helps highlight that as a sort of juxtaposition to our sort of performance video and you know again coming back to the armed we like really like you know filmy sort of you know production-y kind of stuff and why not yeah it's our first album why not try and make something a little bit more interesting or a little bit different but yeah i think we we're happy with the final result um i think it's quite um quite a cool video it's all about sort of this girl who's on the edge of sort of, you know, suicidal thoughts and stuff. And it's sort of about her past memories. And then they sort of come in at the end and make a connection. And that's sort of the main shot we wanted to get was the hands touching and to sort of show that you can always make a connection when you're sort of in the thinking about bad times or you're going through stuff. But I think it's sort of open to interpretation like our music. So hopefully people take more from it as well. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a very powerful video and for such a short song as well, it really, you, you really just, you get grabbed by it pretty instantly, I think. Um, and obviously the imagery of the, the woman in the bath, like you say, on the edge and um, the child, uh, the, like, almost like flashbacks and the child and almost like the child coming to save her. It's, yeah, it's very, very powerful in, what is it, 1 minute 40, I think that song is. Um, but yeah, it's beautifully, beautifully shot. And yeah, props props to your mate for, for getting involved with that because I think it's, uh, yeah, artistically very, very, very uh, well done. So... I'm, 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 thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And I must also say it was very hard to coordinate a music video because <laughs> it was like, can we go ahead? Can we not go ahead? Yeah. And like so many times and like obviously worried about the safety of people because we had quite a lot of people come and sort of help because we had like a gaffer for the lighting and sound. Oh, wow. and they all, did, they all did like, well, not the sound, the gaffer for the lighting and stuff. And um, 
you know, people sort of working behind, a lot of people working behind the scenes and obviously the actress, who was fantastic and the young actress, um, Betsy and her mum came and, um, you know, were thinking about their safety and stuff. So it was like really, it was a very like difficult problem, <laughs> a difficult thing with a lot of problems to be solved. But luckily everyone was really happy and enjoyed it and we managed to get a video at the end of it. But yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't recommend film production we're in sort of a pandemic again because it is a bit especially every time you sort of look at the news it was, it was around that time around christmas when it just went from like oh, wow. one tier to this tier to lockdown it's like oh what is going yeah. on like <laughs> just hide all these expensive cameras <laughs> <laughs> like it was it was a it was a really fun experience and hopefully my, my main thing is i hope it connects with someone who has some um, same feelings in a in a positive and meaningful way yeah definitely and yeah hopefully it will um and yeah for the for the listeners uh, who haven't watched it yet i highly highly recommend it so um yeah thanks for that um both of you talking a bit around the new album and um yeah like i said i absolutely can't wait for people to hear it um obviously this will go out a couple of days after it's out and i'm sure there will be a, a rush of positive reviews um so we'll go into the last bit of the podcast the fun bit uh flip side of the barrier so we we'll, uh, talk about uh, your top three gigs played and your top three gigs been to and i know having chatted to katie a bit on twitter i know you've been to some pretty classic gigs over the years so i'm excited to see um what you come out uh, out with in this uh, in this section, but we'll start with top three gigs played. So I don't know how you guys want to do this, whether you want to go back and forth. But uh, let's start with Josh. What's one uh, one of your top gigs played, mate? Um, I think one of the ones me and Kat, Kate have had a chat about this. Um, one of the ones we said that we really liked was um, the very last gig we played, which was um, before lockdown. So it's probably like Marchish, Marchish, sort of last year. In like um, I can't remember the venue. I think it. Can you remember what it was, Kate? I can't it was like remember in, the name of it. But it was. It was a like basement. A, it was like a pub yeah. basement. Ooh, it was nice. like a. It was like a probably like a hundred capacity, and it was full up. And um, it was with our friends in um, the band Chins, who were like a sort of really sort of aggressive, hardcorey sort of power violence band. Um, and it was absolutely packed out of all these sort of punk sort of crust punky people and it was just a nice. really sweaty like in hindsight <laughs> probably not very COVID secure it was fine. <laughs> we, didn't, yeah. we didn't have a clue then <laughs> I think it was just before like it, it majorly broke out but it was that was a really fun gig just because it was with our mates um one of our last times we all sort of hung out as a band and like had a good laugh and really enjoyed the other bands I think um Shooting Daggers was another band. They were they were really cool, um, and yeah, it was just an awesome, awesome like little DIY show which we played a lot of. But that one was really good. I did not expect the amount of people that turned up there. Like <laughs> we played a lot of basement shows with mates, and because that was a DIY show with mates, you expect like you get there and there's like 15 people and stuff, and you're like, that's cool. It'll just be like a friend thing. And then yeah. like the first band played and there was that many and we we're like, oh yeah, cool. And then the second one there was a couple more. And then we were up and it it, it was packed. And I was like, when did this happen? It's <laughs> 
<laughs> this yeah. is crazy and 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 it was uh, everyone seemed to love it we got such a good response to that show but yeah that was that's that's that was a top one that was like exactly a year ago so amazing hopefully not more than a year until we're playing again <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's hope not uh yes good way to start um kate what about you uh i really liked when we played with um teeth grinder they're like i can't remember what country are they are they scandinavian netherlands netherlands yeah they they were like a black and hardcore death metal grindy band from the netherlands and uh we played with them the day before in cardiff um and the lineup was like really weird there was like a slam band on it there was like a street hardcore band and we played with all, all of them the night before in cardiff and it was it was a little bit like it, it, it wasn't it was pretty quiet in cardiff because uh, we were opening it there whereas in the london gig there were two bands yeah. before us but that was like the first time i can distinctly remember a huge mosh pit in front of us and that was playing uh worthless off this album for the first time that was like three years ago but that was like the first time we played worthless and wounds upon my skin live i think um those two gigs and the the pits just erupted and i remember jumping over onto like a table on the other (laughs) side of the pub we were playing in and like i was riffing out up there (laughs) people looking that was uh yeah that was a that was a good one just because that was like one of the first like proper high energy like the audience as well feeling that energy shows um that was a good one uh yeah. go back to Josh a quick honorable mention we supported um godmother once and that was insane oh, we were, we were like fans. very we were very opening so it was a bit quiet when we played but it absolutely was packed and erupted by the time they were playing but um i think another one we really enjoyed was we supported frontier um I can't remember the name of the venue. I think it used to be called the Purple Turtle. Um, it's sort of in sort of near Camden sort of way. But yeah. um, I think we were meant, originally meant to be playing that as the first support. Um, and then a band pulled out, so we were bumped up. And then it was um, it was us and then another band, then Frontier. And it was just like a really surreal one because um, it was the first time Katie had done the screaming stuff because our original vocalists had to pull out and then um it was like I two days we, notice and we were like obviously the massive frontier fan fan <laughs> fans at that point so it's just like what do we what do we do and i i remember we sort of thrusted um katie into the into the head headlight so to speak and I remember yeah. we got up on stage and I could see like the people from Employed to Serve were there and like a couple of the dudes in Tesseract and I was just like, I'm playing in front of all these <laughs> bands I love, including Frontier. <laughs> but we, we, I think we did really well in that gig and it was like, it was more in our like grindy days. So it was quite a sort of easy like 25 minute set, but that was a really cool yeah. gig for many reasons. And hopefully... You know, it was a one in for the Pupil Slicer Canon, your first vocal experience. Yeah. So... we're sort of forced into that position now but yeah that was an awesome one yeah and uh hopefully uh all those bands will uh come and see you at your london show i'm sure i'm sure they probably will do as well yeah hopefully and we'll be playing a lot crazier music as well this time (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> and be a little bit more experienced. Yeah. How was that for you, Kate, then? Like, you having two days' notice, having to just dive in and... What did Not you have to fun. do? <laughs> I had to just, like, sit. The hardest part... I can't even do screen vocals, so that's one problem. And the other problem is... At least it was grindy stuff. It wasn't like t- super techy at that point. So it was just like trying to learn to play the riffs and do vocals at the same time. Uh, I still can't do screamed vocals. Uh, so I need to get lessons because I blew my voice out every day I was recording the vocals for the album. I think it took like over like two months to record all the vocals because oh, wow. I'd record one and a half songs and then be like, I'm done for the day. My voice is just not making sounds now (laughs) so not good uh make sure i get lessons before we tour next or record (laughs) anything um i was getting lessons for a bit um but i ended up stopping them over christmas but i'll I'll get back into that soon and yeah should just the technique isn't you can you can certainly scream but it's just Keeping your voice Keep doing healthy. it safely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, don't, you don't, definitely don't want to blow out your voice mid-tour when, when, you're, when you're back touring. That would be horrendous. Um, any, any other top gigs played, Kate? Well, we like shared... There was like shared list. <laughs> uh, we've, we've definitely got other like highlights, though. Um, I, I could say... Um, what was the name? Abhorrent Decimation at the Boston Music Room. Uh, we were... That was a bad one because... <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not a top gig played. It's a notable gig played. It's a, it's a good um, In that I... We, we played got too ex- we, had a, we had a dressing room and got too excited, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, we had a dressing room. We played... We were opening, so we played our set, had a great time. We uh, got a bottle of... Um, whiskey between the three of us and finished that and then we were like let's get another one wow <laughs> and then like halfway into that i was like super headbanging to like one of the bands we were op- we'd been opening for and uh just smashed my face into one of the monitors and like split open my face and to go to hospital wow um, <laughs> i completely passed out and like the in like the waiting room of the hospital and then like woke up at like 2 a.m and was like got a taxi home my phone was gone got lost at some point uh that was uh, and since then i've been like right i i don't really drink because <laughs> that that wasn't <laughs> the best experience we just went we went too far yeah. well, i think because we had a dressing room we just got like too overexcited yeah. and just like yeah let's get some whiskey yeah. and have it backstage thinking we're like if really we'd have cool, stopped but... after that first bottom it would have been a great gig but... <laughs> yeah 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 if if if, if spots and maybes or... yeah. yeah yeah but um yeah i know what you mean about those little dressing rooms I, i've been down there before to interview a band before and it does feel yeah even though it's the boston music rooms it does feel a little bit like oh i'm playing the underworld or something like that you feel like you're playing like a legendary legendary venue um oh yeah so yeah don't ever do that again please don't don't ever hurt yourself on tour um so yeah we'll dive into the last bit um top three gigs that uh you've been to uh i'll start with you kate because i know i probably know one of them that's going to be on your list there's, there's, there's just there's too many i mean i'll, I'll start <laughs> with the big one which is like going what 
does it count as three separate things if it was three nights? Uh, uh, I, I think it counts as one <laughs> one thing. I knew I okay. knew I knew you were gonna say this one. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I went to New York to see the final Dinner Escape Plan shows all three nights, and then the night after that, there was also like there were two gigs I went to the night after. Um, one was one bond detached the islands uh and like loads of other like brooklyn mathcore bands uh they played like a cover of milk lizard as like a tribute tribute um and then the other gig was like all the all the bands on party smasher so godmother and stuff and those all those shows were sick they were i met so many great friends i met carson from um calistyle boys there i met christian from mathcore index i met like everyone in every like mathcore band that would like go to that um i made, made so many friends there and it was uh that that was just like you know so good like that was the first time i'd seen code orange first time i'd seen daughters got to wow. see like mike Patton and dillinger escape plan play that whole ep together got to see dimitri and dillinger do all of under the running board together uh they they, they played quite Quite, quite the tunes. Yeah. They also, they, I can't. The last song they ever did was uh, "Dissociation," which I think was a really good one to end on. Like they did the encore with "43 Percent Burnt" and then did a second encore with just "Dissociation." Mm. Yeah, I've heard, I've yeah. heard from other a couple of other friends that were there, and yeah, everyone yeah. was in tears at the end. Yeah, yeah. There's. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's a friend who flew out there and I was talking to her about it a couple of years ago when I found out she went and yeah, she was like, Disassociation is the last song was just everyone was just blubbing basically, just going, No, don't leave <laughs> us. Um but yeah, talking about the I know we, we talked about it briefly on Twitter, but yeah, one bond, uh, amazing. I'm so jealous that you got to see them. They're just absolutely insane. Yeah, that was uh should we go to Josh for another one? Andy. Um, I think one that I really remember that was an absolutely crazy, like, moshy, sweaty gig was um, I, I saw Gallo's last ever show with um, Frank Carter, um, and that was, like, quite cool because they, they were obviously such a massive band for the UK sort of punk hardcore scene. They sort of almost touched the sort of mainstream because especially, like, with Great Britain was such, like, a even in hindsight, such a sort of important album. And that gig was really, just really, again, it has that emotional factors, like, you know, the front man was leaving the band and it was just absolutely, like the pits were like, the, I think it was at the UCL, like, Union, and it was oh, wow. like, um, like the pits were like the size of, of the hall, basically. And um, yeah, it was crazy. Everyone was like crowd surfing at the end. And yeah, that was, that was a pretty wild gig. That was yeah. uh, that was the first. Uh, That's the first venue I crowd surfed at. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I was uh, crowd surfed to converge at that venue once. <laughs> probably crowd. That was when I was a bit younger, so I probably crowd surfed about ten times. I don't think I'd even do it. Yeah, once I also did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that venue's built for it. It's got like stairs leading up onto the stage on the right. Right. Yeah, I've, weirdly, I've not been to many gigs there. I mean, um, the last gig I went to before lockdown was Turnstile there, which was insane. Um, but yeah, like weirdly, I haven't gone gone there much over the years. But yeah, talking about crowd surfing, 
Uh, I'm very, very tall and I don't crowd surf that often. I did, I did it once last year for the first time in about 10 years and I instantly regretted it. Like, I'm too old for <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> um, But yeah, going back to Gallows as well. Um, yeah, insane live band. I went to one of the 100 club shows when they played, I think it was like three nights in a row there. And yeah, Frank Carter back in those days was just a brutal brutal front man yeah he's amazing and i think that them first two albums are like just so awesome as well they're just sort of like i wouldn't even really know how to describe them they're sort of punk but hardcore but just really emotional and yeah, it's, it it was such an amazing gig and it was years ago now but i can still remember it kind of vividly because it's just such a sort of you definitely felt like you were seeing something like come to an end and you know it felt like quite an iconic gig yeah yeah definitely um kate what about you any other top gigs that you've been to uh i'll put as an honorable mention uh because i've already listed them once dylan escape plan but seeing them at the old blue last oh which was like so 100 jealous 100 200 capacity yeah that was that's the only gig I've like felt physically sick after it ended because of like the amount of pushing and like being crushed up against people, and it it was uh yeah that was like that was something else. But uh, on to like an actual like a different band, um I'd say uh, Converge playing Jane Doe and Fort Roadburn. That was oh, nice. that was a pretty pretty massive one that's like the sweatiest mosh pit i've ever been in i actually didn't i only went in the mosh pit for home record because i wanted to actually just watch for the rest but <laughs> uh yeah that was that was something else and that road burn that year was fantastic they had like um they had uh full of hell the body um cult of luna playing somewhere along the highway in full wow um and, me- and many others yeah. <laughs> but yeah that that was a, that was a really cool one um, nice yeah. yeah like your uh yeah your examples are just making me jealous like that didn't <laughs> just show again a couple of mates went to that and the the photographer um nick sayers covered that and i remember just seeing his photos and just being like I just hate everyone. One of my mates I went with, there's like a picture of him like crowd surfing, like beautifully shot. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Just so jealous again, like seeing mates go to that and then hearing about it the next day. Like, oh, just disgusting. Just disgusting. I, I hate I hate you so much for going to that gig. <laughs> um, cool. Um, Josh, any Josh, any more from you? Any other topics? Uh, I think like one, because one of my favourite bands, we talked a bit about them earlier, is Rolo Tomasi. Yeah. And um, I've, they're probably like my most seen band. I've probably seen them like plus 10 times like easily. But I remember seeing them like maybe in 2010 or 11 at the garage and um, they had support from Bronti oh, who nice. like turned into like, I hadn't heard them before. I'd only sort of heard snippets of Rolo, um, sort of I went with mates sort of thing and I was absolutely just blown away by Rolo Tomasi and also um, Brontide, just like such a cool, unique sort of band. And I think that was my first sort of introduction to sort of metal that wasn't like, you know, 
like Job for a Cowboy or Whitechapel or, you know, them sort of like brutal American, like metal sort of bands. Yeah, it was yeah, more yeah. like metal that's a little bit different and sort of has sort of outside of metal influences and they were just really amazing. And they, like most times I see them, they're like, well, all times I've seen Rolo have just been absolutely amazing. But I remember that one really distinctly because they were playing um, stuff of, um, off of Cosmology, which is also one of my favourite albums as well. So that was definitely one that shaped my interests in sort of metal and I can remember really well, even though it was years and years ago. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Brontide, yeah, missed that band so much. Like, yeah, I think I've managed to catch them once back Did in the day. Did we go to the Brontide final gig, Josh? I think, oh, yeah, that one. That yeah. was another one, yeah. yeah. That, was at the, that was at the garage as well. Yeah, yeah, I remember. That was that, that was the first and only time I saw them, but that was sick. They were yeah. really cool. Yeah, I missed out again. <laughs> jealous, jealous of that gig. Missed out on that gig. Um, yeah, miss Brontide so much. Um, any other, any others to wrap up, or are you pretty happy with your top gigs? Yeah, I the the other the other one I'd mention is like uh, Arc Tangent twenty fifteen, which was like the first festival I ever went to because that had, and I'd also that was like just after I'd started getting into metal, so all the bands I saw there I was seeing for the first time, and like they had Dillinger, they had Death Heaven, they had Cult of Luna, they had Rolo. Um, they had yeah. like blank mass playing. Uh, Got it. I missed that one. That that year. Oh, bl- blank, oh, no, ma- feeling. blank mass was so blank good. Mass blank mass. Yeah. Um, so it was yeah. like really eclectic that year. But like every band I saw, um, I was loving. That I didn't even know Cult of Luna at that point. I'd uh, uh, Cult of Luna were meant to be playing on the main stage right before Death Heaven. Uh, but they had their plane hadn't turned up yet and they were running really late. So I was watching Death Heaven and then they announced like halfway between the songs that like someone went up to tell George to tell everyone they were like, uh, Cult of Luna have now arrived and they'll be playing like 15 minutes on that stage down there. Uh, so I watched the rest of the Death Heaven set and I was like, oh, I'll go and see what these Cult of Luna folks are about. And uh, they were, they walked over while they were like just beginning Dark City Dead Man and oh, that. I, I I was just captivated from that 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 song is so good and yeah now Result of Luna are like one of my favourite bands but like they're so good live I've I've seen them a lot of times Death Heaven yeah. and them are probably my most seen bands or Dillinger Escape Plan I like it whilst my first time seeing Dillinger was in like 2015 I did see them like seven times <laughs> since then so I don't know there, there there's yeah, I, I crammed in a lot of shows from all of them. I followed like Death Heaven round on a tour as well, like seeing all their UK dates once. So, um. nice. I was, I was actually going to mention Death Heaven because um, I, I one as one of my best gigs I've seen, hundred percent. That was um, I don't know if anyone's not familiar with the venue. It's they played birthdays in East in sort of East London. Oh my god! Yeah, I remember birthdays. It's yeah. tiny. And talking about like basement mm. bars, like it's fucking. And they, yeah, that that was a yeah. That was just after Sunbather came out, and like this was before they had all that yeah. crazy hype they got around Sun Sunbather, and um, literally they played the whole album in entirety with all like the little interludes of sound in between, and. It was like a, it's like one of them basement bars, but it's like a sort of narrow tunnel. So like the sound was just like when they started playing the yeah. beginning of the, the actual song, um, 
dream house. It was just like unbelievable. And I'd love to see them in that setting again, <laughs> but I don't think I ever will. But that was, that was such a crazy gig. I'll never forget that. I didn't re I, I didn't realize they played there, but yeah, birthdays is gone now. I think it got turned into a, a Brewdog annoyingly, and as much as I like Brewdog, I think it got turned into. I think, that. I think we played birthdays once before it was gone. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I, I went. I think I saw Dinosaur Pile Up in there once. Um, I think that's probably the only time I ever went to a gig in there. But yeah, again, talking about like basement shows I just remember it being really hot in there but like you say it's like a it's like a dark tunnel dark hot tunnel basically but yeah that's that's insane to see death heaven in there uh, um well thank you guys those are all amazing gigs and i'm very jealous of all of your examples uh i knew you come uh well prepared and uh with some good ones um so just to wrap up um where can people pick up the new record and have you got anything else to plug uh you can pick up the record at pupilslicer.bandcamp.com or pupilslicer.bigcartel.com we've got vinyl we've got cds uh we might have tapes left i think we're at like five left at this point so by next week they might be gone but you might there might be one or two left uh, i think we've got a couple shirts like three or four of them as well on the on the band camp uh the album's also on like available in europe which we get asked about a lot um via amazon and emp and just like google your country and then pupil size and mirror is usually able to find it um Nice. Uh, have we got anything else we haven't really got like emo rap side projects or anything to <laughs> no, no, not, yet, not yet not yet <laughs> but luke would be the that, one that, to do it if it happened <laughs> that, that that needs to be your secret uh project where you hide your yeah. identities the emo rap project with some sort of ridiculous outfits, <laughs> uh which i'd which i'd love to see or or like we were saying before do something like the armed and just make up some fake names uh and get a really hench guy in in, in your video to play <laughs> we're, we're trying not to put limitations on ourselves so you know if we had an emo rap project we could probably just make it our second album <laughs> <laughs> I, I would I would very much like to hear that. Um, but thank you both, thank you both for coming on, uh, especially on a Sunday evening. Um, but thank you for spending an hour having a chat. And uh, I really hope uh, you get positive, more positive reviews around the album. And I will hopefully uh, see you in a sweaty gig room yeah, soon. Uh, fingers crossed. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah thanks great. a lot. It was lovely to chat, and yeah, hopefully see you at a gig or something. Make some more memories for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I that's, really want to. That's the plan. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank you both. Um, yeah, I'll catch Thanks. you soon. Take it easy. Thank you. Bye.